welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to see you today. And you will be glad because we have a very unique and interesting topic today. My friend and colleague, Anne-Marie Kelly, is on. And she's been married, check this out, seven times to the same man for five years at a time. Go ahead, do the math. And she's an award-winning author, teacher, and strategist, as well as a successful entrepreneur. And she's the author of an architect of the five-year marriage and a few other books too. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Joe. I'm glad to be here. You know, I am too. And one of the things I just need to ask you, is marriage dead? <laughs> I think, well, I think traditional marriages, particularly for younger people, you know, the, the story with millennials is that they don't want, especially millennial women, they don't want their mother's marriage. And they're, and I think because of social media, they're not as skilled in relationships. And statistically, 25% of millennials are likely to never get married. Oh. That's, that's a big number, and that's not good for society. And it's not actually good, especially for women. It's not good for them socially or economically. And, and the way that I see it is, they're cheating themselves out of the best relationship that they can have. Hmm, which is, is a marriage, in your opinion. It's, well, it's the, it's the emotional intimacy that, that you really can only get in a, a really long-term relationship like marriage. Yeah, yeah, good point. Well, you know, so your solution is a five-year marriage. Talk about that. Well, the way that it started, Joe, was that I had a lot of my girlfriend. I had been engaged when I was 22, and, and when we broke up, a lot of things happened in my head. And I started to see, I'd always done all the good girl stuff, like a lot of women. You know, I went to school, I got good grades, I got out of school, I got a job, like I did all those things. So I was on track for what my, like my father's track, get married, have kids, buy a house, I pre-programmed. Well, when my, when my engagement broke, um, and, I, and I was the initiator of the breaking up, so on that marriage track, you know, like, like we were looking at China, we had already bought silverware, I was on it, and I wanted to get married. And then I, then I wasn't, so that messed with my head a little bit. And, and then I watched all of my girlfriends get married. And it was happy, 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 the wedding, the engagement, the wedding, the babies. And then all of a sudden, not so happy. And I watched that happen with girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend, and I thought, and I hadn't met anybody else at that point. So I thought, okay, I don't think this marriage thing works out so good. And I don't think that pre-program of getting married, have kids, ask, all that good girl stuff. I don't think there's a lot of benefit to being a good girl. So the more, the more that I saw that, I thought, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not married. And if I'm not married, I'm, I'm not going to be unhappy. So I said about making myself happy. Then I met Joseph my spouse. And we like, we just hung out for about a year or so. And then he started talking about marriage. And the first thing I said to him was, we should buy a house. Because I had a real estate license. I knew how to get in and out of that. So he didn't argue. So that's what we did. We bought a house. We moved in 1987 in September. Wait, were you married at that point? No, no, because buying a house to me, that was enough. And that, and that it, he didn't seem to get, argue with that. So I thought that's enough for him. 
But the following year in July of 1988, his birthday was coming up and I said, what do you want for your, for your birthday? He said, I want to get married. To which I said, how about a watch? I'll buy you, I'll buy you a really nice watch. So now he said, I want to get married. He was not the problem. The problem was what I had seen in, in so many people, that marriage where, where it's happy, happy, happy. And then I, I would watch my girlfriend start to get that tightness around their jaws, that sense of resentment, the little things coming out. And I thought, I don't want that. So I thought about it, I prayed, I meditated. And finally one day I came up with the idea for the five-year marriage. And I said to Joseph, look, I can't marry you till I'm dead. But if you can marry me for five years, and if at the end of five years, we still like each other, then we can get married again. And if we can do our marriage like that, I can do that. So for whatever reason, he still doesn't know why. He said, yes, we were married six weeks later. And of course, everybody thought I was pregnant. <laughs> But it, we, had, we had no money, so we weren't gonna have a big wedding. We were already living together. There was no point of waiting. So we were married in September of 1988. And again in 1993 and 98. So we just, and you know what, Jill, here's the very interesting thing that I really love to tell people. Every one of our marriages has been different. Really? How it's, so? Our, our first marriage probably would be typical to most people when they first get married. Our second marriage, also pretty typical, we hit a wall. Halfway through our second marriage, um, we, had, we ended up having a problem that, I, you know, I, my background's in teaching, so I thought, I can fix this. But you know what, I couldn't. And finally, I said, we need to see a therapist. Joseph later told me that it wasn't for the five-year marriage. Because I, I must say, when we got to the therapist, and he wanted to know why we were there, I said, look, we have two and a half years left on this contract. If, I, if we can't fix this, I'm not getting married again. The therapist had no idea what I was talking about, but Joseph did. And he, and he was clear. He knew that I was clear that I couldn't go on dealing with that particular problem. What I learned in, we, we both learned so much going for therapy. And what I learned in that second marriage became the basis for what Joseph and I have used in all the rest of our marriages. And it's the basis for what I teach people today. It's a, wow. and it's a process. And that is so powerful. And I know, uh, first of all, I love that story. And I love the fact that, you know, listen, that's a great idea. Five years at a time, right? It's not so overwhelming. It's not till death do you part, but you know, you've been married to the same man for 35 years. Is that true? You say, well, almost this is the end of our seventh marriage. So our negotiations start in May. Beautiful. And when you say negotiations, meaning each time you get married, you actually negotiate a new contract together? Yes, we, um, we, we figure out what went right. We look back on what went right. Uh, and then we say, what didn't go so well? And where do we want to go together going forward? Do, where, where do we want to go? And do we still want to go together? And it's always a really interesting thing. The year in one of our marriages, we were, it was our caregiver marriage. We were both ended up being the primary caregivers for our mothers who both passed away during that marriage. 
And traditionally speaking, it was the end of 25 years for us. So it was huge. Our, our negotiations that, that year were amazing because of what I've come to understand in talking to other women, when your last parent dies, everything shifts. So they were our last parents. So suddenly our mortality was in front of us. So that was a very interesting negotiation because we had done a lot of really right things, but we hadn't focused on ourselves. So we needed to focus. So that was an interesting negotiation. How wonderful. I love that. I love that uh, concept of negotiation and recreating and what's going right and what do we still need to work on. Very important things for any relationship, I think, right? Don't you? I do, and well, let me tell you this. this I wanna tell you three things, Jill, that are so big that most divorced women, if they, when they hear these, they say, if I had only known that, I might still be married. I call it the ABCs. A is for agreements. Most of the time, we don't know how to make agreements. In fact, in most relationships, the agreements are more like either unspoken or unclear. Unclear agreements are like death to a relationship because if I, if I think that we have this agreement and you think we have another agreement, then we end up going against each other. When the agreements are clear, when you learn how to make agreements and you're willing to stick by them, then you start moving and you move, you always move faster together. So that making, learning how to make agreements is huge. The B and the ABCs is for boundaries. So often we go in and women, women are the worst at this, I think, have it, we don't even know what our boundaries are. And so when we, when they get crossed in our, in our relationships, we're like, ah, oh, How'd that happen? But we don't, we aren't even, we get offended that, and we get hurt, but we're not clear about what it is. So I learned pretty, excuse me, pretty early on that one of my boundaries is nobody's allowed to yell at me. I don't care who you are. I don't care how important you think you are. I don't care if I'm married to you. No one's allowed to yell at me. And so, and Joseph knows that. So Sometimes when we get into a, into a conversation, an argument, you know, sometimes it gets heated. And sometimes you don't realize how heated it gets. And at some point I feel like he's yelling at me to which I say, stop, you're yelling at me. Now, as soon as I say that, he knows that's a boundary for me. Yeah. And then we back off, we take a breath. Another, another boundary that I have is I like privacy in the bathroom. Don't come, if I'm taking a shower, don't come in and ask me a question. And if I'm fixing my makeup, privacy in the bathroom, that's a boundary that I have. So when, when I'm clear about my boundaries and Joseph is clear about his, that keeps things clean between us. That's for sure. I love that. And these are really good examples. Um, and then what's the C for? The C stands for the curse of compromise. As women, I find that that we are often told, it's not just women, people always say, well, in marriage, you have to compromise. But the truth of the matter is, in my experience, most often it's the woman who does the compromising. Hmm. And, and the man just sort of says, okay, well, 
here, I want to do this. Will you go along with it? And she says, yes. And then she gets angry and she gets resentful and then she gets mad. They have an argument. So instead of compromising, I talk about negotiation. So the idea being that if you want me to go to your family's house for dinner, and I know your mother hates me, and I don't want to go, I'm going to put up an argument, and you're going to ask me to, to go, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to be miserable the whole time, and I'm going to take it out on you. So instead of compromising like that, I suggest a negotiation. Okay, listen, I will go I will, to your parents' house. I will be really nice with your mom, even though I know she hates me. But in exchange for that, what I would like is, and then you pick, whether it's a romantic weekend away, a weekend just you and your girlfriends, something that will make you, that will make it easy for you to, while you're sitting at that dinner table, instead of clenching your teeth, you'll be thinking in the back of your head, this is worth it because I'm going to love that romantic weekend at the beach. I love so, that. Instead of, instead of compromising, that's why I say it's a curse because you do it and you're like, negotiate. That, so those are my ABCs. I love that. It's such great advice. And, you know, these are, listen, if you're in a relationship out there listening, you know, you know, you go through things. I think that also involves work relationships, but today we're obviously focused on, on the romantic marriage part. Um, but, you know, certainly it's a relationship that needs all of these things. Anne-Marie, this is so practical and, and I really think so helpful. It stimulated some thoughts for me. I'm like, oh, no wonder why I've hated Christmas <laughs> for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes you know the family things are a little rough um but i you know jill things change like you start out one way and things change you change your partner changes and when those changes happen they change the relationship yeah and, and if you don't st- stop and say what's changed how did we deal with it then you just sort of go yeah what ends up that i see happening is that a wall gets built and then you go in different directions. And then many women have that living together loneliness because they don't feel connected to their partner. Yeah, that's even tougher, right? Well, I, I think you've maneuvered a long-term beautiful relationship and you've helped us understand how to do it in simple, easy ways. And I, I personally really appreciate that in terms of, um, having me really think about, and I love the ABCs, just simple things I can do that make a big difference. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me, Jill. This was great. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, I know that everyone's going to want to be in touch with you. So how do they stay connected to you, Anne-Marie? They can stay connected to me. My my website is annemariekelly.com. And I have a gift for your listeners. It's called The Relationship Broke five-year marriage relationship roadmap and it gives you a step-by-step that you need to do so if you go onto my website you'll be able to find the relationship roadmap and then you can get in touch with me at annemarie at annemariekelly.com beautiful thank you so go to our website get that relationship map i know i'm gonna so i have a better map for 
for my relationship. And I appreciate so much, Anne-Marie, you coming today, your great tips, and who you are as a wonderful person. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Back at you, Jill. Thank you. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Tune into your relationship now. That's a great place to be next. And go visit JillLublin.com. We'll see you at the next episode. Take care, everyone. Keep being kind. Bye-bye.